This is a Capricorn FM podcast. 13 minutes after 10, welcome to the second hour of the show. It is a Wednesday morning and for the first time this year, we are having a tailored conversation for the first time in, uh, yeah, I think we didn't have one in December, so it's quite refreshing that we're able to have another sit-down. This time around, though, we're doing it virtually, and we're talking about something that I think every single person is very, very interested in and has a bit of questions on. So if you do have any questions, make sure that you do forward them to me. So we kickstart today's conversation, and uh, for that, we are joined by nutritional health and wellness coach Onika Moloi. She has been helping a lot of people with uh, steaming amongst uh, other health conversations and she has hosted her instagram page uh, and uh, and she's taken that and she's used it to help a lot of people she does join us now on the line as uh, uh, she's uh, gonna have a conversation with us about that good morning onika thank you so much for your time Good morning, long time, long thing. <laughs> good morning to the listeners. Good morning, man. I mean, we've heard a lot. Uh, you know, we've spoken to you quite a lot, especially here on Capricorn FM. But back then, it used to be on different, you know, issues altogether. You were the MEC of Sports, Arts and Culture. And today, you're a nutritional healer, wellness coach and herbalist. Uh, to mention just a few of the things that you do, how did you do this transition? How was the transition from that to where you are right now? You know what, I've always been, if you remember, um, I started the health uh, uh, revolution in 2015. Yes. And um, it was mainly on my health. I had a number of health uh, issues. Um, and um, these health issues forced me to, to go to doctors, to do a lot of things. But one day I remember when I was in a ward after I did a, uh, an operation, um, that had to do with ab- my abdominal pains and a chronic constipation. A dietitian came to my ward and said, what do you eat? Mm. Then I took her through what I ate. And uh, after that, and she said to me, can you just try to incorporate all the greens in your diet, right? Okay. Greens means your kale, your spinach, your broccoli, mm. your celery, and all those greens. And I said, yo, greens. <laughs> and I remember I'm a chef, right? Yeah. Well, that is what I've been for the past 20 years. Yes. So, and then I had to learn ways of, you know, doing this greens, right? I had to learn ways of saying, how do I work around this kale, this broccoli, mm-hmm. right? Then I started to do smoothies and I'll post, you know, on social media doing smoothies. And then people started to say, oh, they look nice. And mm. it started, I started the smoothie revolution, if you remember. Yeah. And then uh, the smoothie revolution then just became bigger and bigger. Everybody started to say, please, why don't you sell this thing to us? Mm. So that is why immediately after I'd left uh, the office of being MEC, four months later, I started Green Bar because I'd already started, you know, to have a market yeah. when I was already an MEC uh, of Green But how did I become a nutritionist? Because I'm a nutritionist now, by the way. Yes. And uh, why I'm not a nutritional healer? I'm not a nutritional therapist. I'm a nutritional healer. It yeah. is a difference. Yeah. Um, last year, when I was helping people, you know, with what they can do to heal various ailments, perhaps they can use, you know, as a gift, right? Uh, people started to questioning their authority to say, how do you, how do you know, you know, what a person can drink fine yeah. and they can heal this? Mm. And then I realized that, yo, I'm going to have a problem <laughs> because remember, this is a health this is a, a, an industry or a, a world of health. You are talking yeah. about the lives of people, mm. right? So then I realized that let me go to school and learn this and be properly accredited as a nutritionist. So that is why I went and studied nutrition. And after I studied nutrition, 
then I, I was able to now say I'm a nutritional therapist uh, by profession, but I'm a nutritional healer by gift. Oh. So I hope you're able to hear the difference. Yes, yes. Right? You've got traditional healers who don't go to school, but they can heal people, mm, right? Mm. But Mina, I'm a healer that helps people to heal through food. Mm. And that is the difference. Mm. Now, you've, you've had a very long journey with this and, you know, you've seen so many good results. You've seen so many reviews. But what did you discover along the way when dealing with COVID-19? I've discovered that uh, COVID-19 um, has exposed the fact that we are a very sick nation. Mm. Most people, like like we're here with uh, the, the statistics and the data we have, uh, mainly people who would succumb to COVID are people who already have got underlying, you know, health problems, yeah. like diabetes, diabetes um, um, cancer, asthma, and all that. I call them lifestyle diseases, right? So as a country, we have not really dealt with this, right? Mm. And this is the argument that I've been pushing since the COVID started saying, we don't have a, a very dedicated campaign as a country for health promotion. Yeah. We definitely don't even have a budget. I've been looking in the doors of MECs of Health, in the door of the minister saying, can we do health promotion? Yeah. They don't have a budget. But we've got a big budget for cancer, we've got a big budget for TB, for TB, we have a big budget for diabetes. So, but you don't have a big budget to educate people. What is diabetes? How do you pre- prevent it? Mm. So then, then we are in, the, in, the, in a country where we are on the top, top in the world. You know, among the top 10 probably of people with non-communicable diseases, the lifestyle diseases. Mm. So then when, when, when virus like COVID comes, that will be amongst the top top in terms of uh, uh, the death because already COVID found us being a sick nation. Yeah. So that is one thing that I've really learned through this journey that COVID found us being a sick nation and it has exposed that. So asthma, cholesterol issues, heart issues, respiratory issues like bronchitis and all that, and asthma, uh, diabetes and cancer. So it is just, you know, I always say when I, I consult with my clients that when COVID arrives, already have a, a condition, it's one hammer, mm. right? Mm. Boom, then you are, yeah. We we were having this conversation because today of most of the things that we want to talk about at the top of that list is the steaming and you are pioneering in that you know division right now when we talk about steaming. So we're going to take a quick break. When we do come back, we get straight into the steaming, how it works, and uh, especially you know what are some of the things that uh, we should be considering or looking at when it comes to steaming. Twenty five minutes after ten. Welcome to the Tailored Experience. If you have just joined us, it is a Wednesday. We're having the very first edition of the tailored conversation today we're talking steaming amongst other things when it comes to the second wave of COVID-19 infections and we were having a conversation in the past couple of minutes with a nutritional healer and wellness coach Onika Muloy and we were talking extensively about some of the ills that we do have in our society that are contributing to you know how COVID is affecting us especially if you get infected with it and one of the things that this conversation is leading us to is talking about the steaming don't forget to catch us on our Instagram pages as well
I am, uh, or rather, we are at Capricorn FM, and we are getting into the steaming. I was just telling you now on our Instagram live that you know the steaming is probably helping a lot with COVID, but it's helping a lot also with my skin. You know, but <laughs> how do we do it properly? How do we properly steam? What are the products that we use when we get into our steaming routine? Yes, you know, let me start with why it's important for us to steam. Remember, steaming is an indigenous method. Yeah. Uh, it's not trending like it is now. Now there's a steaming challenge on social media. Mm. So steaming, uh, it's been there. It has been an indigenous method that was used by our great-great-parents before we had clinics and all these medicines that you were drinking. Mm. So the first thing that steaming does is to deal with all symptoms of cold and flu. Number two, because COVID-19 is a respiratory disease that will normally affect the lungs and cause mucus in the lungs. And the mucus will form into very big, you know, cloths of mucus that blocks the airways in the lungs, causing breathlessness. Mm. So once you steam, the steam, uh, the hotness of the steam will start to loosen up those mucus so that the mucus then can be excreted out of your system and the lungs will be decongested. Steaming also, uh, it also loosen up your nasal cavities. Remember that the COVID is a, it's a respiratory uh, issue that starts from the nose down to the throat into mm. the lungs. Mm. So it, it unblocks everything from your nose down to releasing the mucus. It is very great in terms of improving our circulation. Remember, we need circulation so that oxygen is able to be transported properly into our bodies. Sure. So steaming is very great in terms of improving circulation in our bodies. It is great uh, to hydrate. You know, sometimes when you are going, you are, you know, COVID positive and you are given the antibiotics, there's lots of, you know, uh, uh, dehydration that happens as a result of antibiotics searching and flushing out so you're losing a lot of uh, liquid so steam is also very great if it's done properly to hydrate it releases the body because it improves circulation it also boosts the immune system which is something that we need now more than ever before it detoxifies that is why there are certain churches that believe in steaming mm. not not because they've covered because they believe that you know uh, we need to talk a person holistically. So even when you go for your own skin routine, remember they put, you know, uh, some special steaming, that machine, for you to be able to open the pores and detox your 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 skin. So if you're able to can skin your whole body, uh, able to detoxify, and remember, you're dealing with a virus. So detoxification is also one of the most important things. And lastly, let's say it's great. Our skin loves it. Uh, you are glowing now because of uh, uh, so COVID also has got some uh, positive externalities because all of a sudden now, now we are steaming so we become a very healthy nation just by steaming. Absolutely. And how do we steam properly? And, and what do we use as well on top of how we do it? We use we use a number of things and I always say to people this uh, you need to, to really, really, really you know uh, prepare and, and, and do it properly because if you don't you will not get it right. Okay. We are using a bowl uh, I, I never prefer a round, you know, bowl that you're able to can have, but it must not be too open so the steam can be can be contained. Even a bucket does work, right? You're using stones. And people normally say, oh, how do you get stones? I'm like, I'm not getting stones from some, you know, Nile uh, <laughs> river somewhere. No, uh, I get stones from the nursery. Those who have got uh, uh, mountains, they can go get mountain stones. Mm-hmm. As long as there'll be stones that when you bend them, they will not crack. Okay. And I use various things uh, which are very key. 
a cryptic plant, Mubilukom, right? Okay. Mubilukom is growing everywhere. People now say, well, I can't find a cryptic oil. I'm saying, a cryptic oil is found from a cryptic plant and it's growing everywhere in the street. We are losing fresh meat. Uh, we are using, uh, I grind the, 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 the lemon the lemon ring, grind mm. them, grate them, and I also use fresh lemon leaves. You must just take the lemon leaves and rub them on your hand. You feel the freshness and the flavor, but it's also very much anti-inflammatory. And we are also using eucalyptus oil itself if you find it. If you don't, do not worry. You can still use it. <laughs> so you mix all those things, and when you mix yeah. them, I normally will just use my hand to crush everything just to release the flavors out of those leaves and make sure mm-hmm. that they're nicely combined. Sometimes I even use the back of the of the of the spoon just to make sure that I pound the leaves so that they can be crushed so that you can release the flavors and the nutritional healing properties. And then that is what you need. Of course, boiled water in the kettle and a very, very thick blanket. People are using plastic. I'm saying, let's not overdo this. And let's not put plastic. <laughs> yeah. Because plastic, yeah. I saw a spinning challenge uh, uh, trending people with plastics. Mm. Let's not put people less at risk because plastic, you can suffocate in it. Mm. So you're using a blanket, but not a thin blanket so that the skin does not escape. So Absolutely. if you have that, in front of you, you are ready to steal. Mm. So let's let's bring in the doctor who has been listening into this conversation, uh, Doctor Denny Mukomo. Thank you so so much for your time. You've been listening into the conversation, and there are just so many questions that are also coming in, especially from the people who are viewing us on our Instagram page as well as our WhatsApp line. But one very important question, Doctor, that I'd like for us to start and address is one that came through from uh, a lady on uh, Insta, and she says, "Can one steam during pregnancy?" All right. Uh, and listeners. Uh, thank you for having me. And uh, good morning to our community. I've been listening yeah. uh, on her insightful advice. Yeah, I think um, what is important to know, uh, and I'm going to be uh, extrapolating from literature, is that um, in other parts of the world, especially if you look at China, uh, when they take uh, the, the process of feeding, and they call it herbal fumigation. Okay. And it, it, it does actually assist and to improve with respiratory uh, illnesses. And we've been practicing it uh, for a long time uh, uh, in our culture. So there are no age groups and there are no known uh, 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 you know, classes of, of, of patients where you would say it's contraindicated because it works locally on your respiratory tract and the properties. Uh, as also Omega has explained, all function the same. So what we would caution is patients that have pre-existing respiratory illnesses. So for example, your asthmatic patients who have very sensitive airways, uh, where you find that uh, they, they also have allergies that can trigger uh, these type of attacks. And so with patients that have pre-existing respiratory airways, we would always caution them on that. But uh, other than that, we can use it in the general population. And China is very well researched. They have researched steaming in children, they have researched uh, steaming in the elderly, and as I said, they are medical terms, they use it as herbal fumigation. Doctor, so another question here is, let's talk about what happens to the lungs when somebody uh, gets infected with COVID-19. Yes. Now, there are two important things that one needs to consider okay. when you, you are looking at the impact of having an infection of COVID-19. Mm. There are the short-term and uh, also long-term indications. What normally happens um, is that uh, you get acute, it's very severe inflammation uh, in the lining and 
also the wall of your, your airway. And then what happens uh, is that it starts disturbing and interrupting what we call the gaseous exchange. So as you inhale oxygen and take out carbon dioxide, uh, you want that to happen in an environment that does not have air, in an environment that is not a humid, very humid. So it's very well controlled. So unfortunately, this is then what happens. You get acute inflammation, you get this swelling, and as I was only said, you develop what you call mucus plugs. Uh, and and it, it, it then stops the gaseous exchange. That's how people then uh, progressively develop this uh, shortness of breath. And, and, and you hear people say, no, I'm struggling to breathe. And the coughing uh, is a way of a reflex. What, uh, is your body actually protecting yourself? When you have mucus, just like when you have any other uh, respiratory infection, a pneumonia, and then you start developing mucus uh, that is sick, you cough. And uh, if you cough uh, hard enough, you, you spit out the mucus. Some even think the mucus can be greenish, they can be that. So it's a way of the body trying to extract these mucus plants from uh, basically obstructing the airway. So that is what happens. Long-term uh, implications is that in some patients, the inflammation becomes chronic. And what happens when it becomes chronic is that that lining is no longer smooth. So it's almost the same as carry. You see, if you get an injury on your skin in simple terms, and then you, you get scarred. So you can imagine being scarred internally on your airway. That's why some of the patients will say, Worry, we have persistent symptoms even post COVID. You know, I've recovered, I'm no longer, but I'm still coughing and I'm still. So that is the, what happens uh, to the lungs when one gets a, a COVID 19 infection. So, what happens to our lungs then when we steam? Can steaming help those who have been infected as well? Yes, uh, it does. Yes. Um, the reason why it helps, the, 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 as I said, in, in your airway, uh, 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 it's a well-controlled and, and humid environment. So you don't want it to be too dry. So the steaming actually uh, increases the, the humidity and also helps to regulate the temperature. So it does, it really does help. Uh, with patients that are coming in complaining with severe coughing, after the steaming, uh, you'll hear that they have either improved symptoms or the cough is gone. So it, it reverses that irritation that the dryness and the chronic inflammation has caused. We will continue with this conversation after a short break. When we come back, we're now going to address it holistically because we want to also find out whether we need to uh, or whether we should be discarding the concoctions that we first uh, came up with in the beginning of COVID when we were told to drink water with lemon, with ginger and all of those things. How do we then use those things in conjunction? How do they coexist together and how do we properly make sure that we use them? As well as attending to some of the questions that are coming in, we're going to take a quick break when we do return, the conversation continues. Capricorn FM Limpopo's hottest frequency, 19 before it is 11. We're going to wrap up the tailored conversation. Uh, yeah, it's something that I think we needed more time than anticipated for because there are just a lot of questions that people are coming through asking because our main conversation today, our main topic uh, is uh, the steaming and uh, we joined on the line for that conversation as well as on Instagram by a nutritional healer and wellness coach, Onika Muloi. And uh, to also help us with this conversation, we joined by our trusted medical 
medical uh, doctor, Dr. Denny Mukumo, and uh, we've been having a conversation for the past 45 minutes or so. We want to go ahead with this conversation and continue where we left off. And I think we're going to start it this time with a couple of questions that have come in. I think, Doc, maybe you will be taking this one. The question came in from uh, that, that it's from Cynthia, who's out in Guiani. And Cynthia says, Hi, Sislikani, how many times do we have to steam in a day? And uh, would it affect our brain? Doctor, are you there? <laughs> <I'm> there. <laughs> I think, I think the, the important thing, if you look at uh, especially a lot of the literature that is available, it talks about relieving the symptoms when they are severe. So, because if you look in South Africa, um, we, we don't have a properly regulated uh, a, a therapy around seeing and herbal stimulation. So, we would recommend to, to patients just to see there isn't really but you must overdo it. And especially when you start seeing what we call uh, side effects. So it's no longer just relieving the symptoms. You know, after seeing you feel a bit dizzy or this or that, then uh, you don't you, you need to, to stop. But then there's no way that it affects uh, the brain. Um, as, as I said, how it generally works from a physiological perspective is just basically uh, assisting to inhale, humidify and reject uh, uh, and then um, the, 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 the more concoctions that people have, there are some of the, the, the products that have pharmaceutical or pharmacological properties that can see. So it's the same thing. Similar concept is what we do with asthmatics and are taking the, the asthma pump, you know. So uh, it doesn't have any impact on the, on the brain or anything. And then one would say to just use it in moderation to relieve symptoms. Yeah. Uh, another person is asking, can I steam even when I'm not having a cold or a flu? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> uh, we wouldn't recommend that. The important thing, and I, I, this is where um, with us, um, we, because we're saying that one thing need to relieve respiratory symptoms. Uh, normally, under normal circumstances, when you don't have an infection in your airway, your body is able to humidify and warm the air. So there shouldn't really be a problem. So I, I wouldn't, from a medical perspective, say that I would recommend that a patient must uh, esteem when they don't have any respiratory problems or challenges. As I'm saying, that we use literature to say that steaming is used normally in these type of infections or these type of diseases and it causes relief. So we only recommend it for them. Okay, so so let's let's get back to talking about you know some of the concoctions that I did mention that we'll speak about. So Onika, earlier on in the pandemic, there were tips of different concoctions that we should uh, use. Should we still do the, those concoctions and steam at the same time, or how do we manage uh, the different remedies? And I think uh, you know there the, the are some of the things that I also took from your Instagram page earlier on uh, last year when you were talking about certain things that we can drink, you know, certain things that we can eat that do help us how how do we work both of those things in conjunction steaming and and and, and using all those other remedies that we ingest in terms of drinking or even as as food yeah we still need to remember there's no one way of healing right that is that when you go to a doctor you'll probably come back with a minimum of three types of tablets because as a person here we are trying to address different aspects of the body so the doctor did indicate that with uh, with steaming or addressing the respiratory issue which is which is uh, 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 what what covid can cause 
to, to your lungs or the respiratory system. Now, in terms of the concoction, for example, in your lemon, you'll find the vitamin C, which is very high. It is very helpful in terms of boosting your immune system. But also, it is very much antibacterial, including the garlic, which is very much antibacterial. And you have the zinc in the ginger, which you know, many people, when they go doctor, can confirm uh, they're given a, a zinc uh, supplement. We also have got the zinc in many of the foods that you need to be eating. And when you have the turmeric, it's also very much anti-inflammatory. The doctor did say that, you know, uh, the, 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 there will be an inflammation in your lungs. Therefore, turmeric is very much anti and uh, what other things do you encourage people to put? So those concoctions, your ginger, your garlic, your lemon, your turmeric, they are very, 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 very much important. But I also do encourage people to continue eating your seven colors. You know, the seven colors are the food that will have all the nutrients in the body that the body needs now to be able to continue to boost your immune system as you are fighting the, the, the infection. So when you eat in a plate, make sure that you've got the greens, the reds, the yellows, and the purples organically. Organically meaning very fresh, not cooked uh, fresh as they are. You can use them in a smoothie. You can use them you know, in a salad. You can use them just in the big in vegetables. In that way, you continue to boost your immune system. You continue to make sure that you increase the capacity of your body to fight the virus as you are healing from within through whatever that you can be getting from the doctor. Absolutely. Uh, Doc, now I want to talk about the second wave because I think this is one of the waves that has caused a lot of terror amongst uh, people. Uh, what is it with the second wave that makes it seem as though people suffer, you know, just short, short illnesses and mild symptoms. The next thing you hear this person uh, has passed on. Uh, is there anything that uh, you've noticed with regards to that as well? Yeah, I think um, what's important for, for us to know is that, um, especially this second wave, uh, the minister then spoke about the issue of the new variant uh, of the virus, uh, the virus uh, mutating and whatnot. But the, the, the important thing that we need to, to understand is that uh, now the, 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 the number of cases were rising at a, at a much higher uh, rate. And the reason is that it and um, I'll use the team because um, the NICD is still conducting research on what we call transmissibility of the virus. But what is now seeing is that the virus is much more easier transmittable than the first original version. And, 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 and because of that, we are now getting more numbers. So it means that um, more people get sick. And that's why you see the numbers of mortality, the number of patients that have, have slightly increased. But it's not necessarily to say that the, this virus is, 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 is much more uh, virulent or much way much more dangerous. What we will then need to do is to say, if the transmissibility is high, it means that we need to then double our efforts on preventing the continuous spread. Because that's the only way... Uh, that we are going to, uh, you know, basically balance the numbers and reduce the number of cases uh, where people are dying. Now, where in, 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 if you look at parts of our country that have reached the peak, um, you see that people die because uh, hospitals can get acutely overwhelmed. So now you can imagine 
if um, a hospital can function at 75 bed occupancy rate, and then um, uh, we manage to save lives because everybody that is sick and is warranted hospital admission can get a bed. But if the whole hospital is full, and now you're going to get patients out there that uh, need the bed, they are more likely to die without medical intervention. That's why uh, in hotspot areas you are seeing a higher mortality. So it's normally because hospitals get acutely overwhelmed, and it does happen. You are seeing it in, 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 in first world countries. Uh, if you look at what is happening in Europe, I mean, yesterday three countries with uh, uh, peak numbers of new cases, and also the, the mortality uh, then goes up. So the more people, the higher the rate. Uh, that this virus spread, the more people will die over uh, a period. So it's very, very, very critical that we understand our role in uh, stopping the transmission because it's transmitted by people. So, Doc, the other day the president was speaking and in his address he spoke about, you know, the wave not necessarily causing more illness, yet more people are dying faster uh, than in the first wave, while some people are carriers that remain, you know, asymptomatic. Why is this in your opinion? Um, It's the same as the flu. Neither can get infected by the same strain of a virus. But then I get admitted into a hospital and then uh, she doesn't. And uh, some of the things that she highlighted to say that we are a very unhealthy nation mm. um, contribute to that. So you find that there are people that have a lifestyle disease, your diabetes, your hypertension, we are not eating well, our bodies are generally unhealthy and our immune system are compromised. So if somebody gets infected and their immune system is compromised, they are more likely to get a severe form of infection and they are more likely to die from that infection uh, other than uh, if it infects somebody who is healthy, who is eating well, who is exercising and whose immune system is in top shape. So it it becomes uh, quite important to to look at that uh, and and, and as, as we look at the statistics so let's let's now move on to there's this thing that is happening on our social media. I think we're all getting uh, you know these chain messages coming in on our social media pages, and this is just to share with us that if you can hold your breath for so and so amount of seconds, then you probably don't have COVID nineteen. But if you can hold your breath or you can't hold your breath for that particular period, then you do have COVID nineteen. Are those things accurate, and is it something that we should be taking at face value? <laughs> yeah, I think that. Uh What's very important is that um, our guidelines of diagnostic practice, so it means that um, the way we, we, we diagnose and the way that we treat is, is heavily regulated. So um, until such a time where we come and we prescribe that this is a diagnostic tool, uh, we can't really utilize it. But the important thing of why it seems to work is that when you see uh, when you have this infection, you, you get irritation and you're coughing a lot. Mm. So when you take a deep breath and you have an infection, you are more likely to cough. So people that have irritation in the airways, they struggle to hold on to, 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 to oxygen or to air at the peak capacity. So it's a good way to test whether your, your, your lungs are irritated and so forth. You know, but it also goes to, 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 to what we've been speaking about, and pulmonologists also recommend it on um, what you call respiratory exercises. Basically, exercises that just maintain the flexibility of your airway and also the, the volume of oxygen uh, that one can keep or retain in, 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 your, in your respiratory tract, in your lungs. 
So it, it, it's very important. I think you can use it as an instrument, but it's not an official screening tool. So one can say no, because I can hold my my my, my breath for, 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 for 10 days or 30 seconds, it means that I don't have COVID. No, no, no. Uh, what is true is that people that have an infection or an irritation in the airway are less likely to be able to hold their breath because of that irritation. So they will trigger the cough replay. Thank you so, so much, doctor, for your time. I think um, I'm going to let you go just here. And I'm glad that you ended the conversation with talking about uh, respiratory exercises. This is where Onega comes in because uh, this is some of the things that you have been talking about. Unfortunately, we have run out of time for our conversation today. But I think you and I, Onega, can continue this conversation on our Instagram page uh, as we get into uh, some more music before we wrap up uh, uh, this show. But for the benefit of those who are listening, Onega, how do people follow you on your social Social media. How do people get a hold of you to, uh, you know, find some of those lessons that you share? And on uh, Instagram, I'm Onika with a double C. When you put Onika, my my name comes first, <laughs> but it's Onika T one. So on that on that account, there's a bio there that has a link. The yeah. link is taking you to the Telegram. Uh, Telegram account. You have over two point five people now who are in that account, and on a daily basis, I share valuable information of uh, preventative, uh, more about preventative health mm. on what people can do on a daily basis. And on, on, on Facebook, I am Onika Mokhobedi Moloi. On Twitter, I'm Green Bar by Onika. Absolutely. There you have it. We will go through some of the messages that did come in and uh, uh, because I think we've covered most of the questions. Some of the questions were asking pretty much the same thing, but we'll go through some of those messages just as I wrap up the show. But as for the tailored conversation, uh, conversation rather, it comes to an end right here. Thank you so, so much for uh, getting in touch and thank you so much for uh, being so engaging in this particular conversation. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.